I'm rocking chest hair today because I can't. And because I used to get so much crap for it when I was an employee, you need to wear an undershirt. Who wears it? I, who made wearing an undershirt for men a thing? Is it because, is it the high sweat? Change your deodorant. Quit eating gross food because I used to have really bad pits and I don't anymore. And I barely even use deodorant. Why? Because I barely need it. I say barely because I still wear it. I just wear something natural that doesn't have aluminum and titanium and all kinds of awful things that, that poison you. And by the way, you have not checked into this this lawsuit that's going on with women. Holy jeez. So dry shampoos, the talk that's in it, T-A-L-C, and then secret deodorant. So come to find out, those of you who have followed our journey, my wife and I, about her surgery. And I was terrified. We thought she had cancer. And come to find out, these, uh, the surgery she had as a result of using dry shampoo and some of these other products. And uh, it's scary. Like, it's really attacked the African-American population or even, I don't know, I don't know if it's just Africa or Africans or African-Americans or what, because it said African-American. I would imagine that they use secret and talk powder in other countries, but maybe not. Could be wrong. I should have probably investigated that before I opened my big fat mouth, but I did anyway. I am going to talk to you about one of the most interesting subjects today, but you're going to have to wait just a second. But those of you who don't know what this book is called Neo Thing by Mark Hamilton. Started reading the book over the summer, put it down because let's just say that I'm really, I really want to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing so much that it can bring tears in my eyes thinking about it because I used to really, really just do the wrong thing. Of course, and sometimes I would try to do the right thing and then do the wrong thing, but now my heart's different and I want to do the right thing. So in reading this book challenged me and the irony is most of this book, even the main characters are adults. It's really about children. And there's a, it's like a children book, children's book mixed with a little bit of a saved by the bell age-ish, and then there's adults. But the story that's interwoven in this gigantic book that's bigger than the Bible, it's, it's challenging. It's easy to read, but what it talks about is challenging. And challenging as in will wreck your sensibilities, wreck everything you believed, wreck so much. I set it down for months because we're in December now, Christmas is right around the corner and of 2022. And I set it down and I just said, okay, if this book's for me, I'm going to set it down and it'll call to me when it's ready. And yes, do you think that's weird? Look, you can do it with products. You can hold a product up to your chest. I've seen some weird, I think the arm test that people do when you like, okay, push up on my arm. And if it gives resistance, then it's for you. And if it's weak, then this is not good for you. And then there's one you can put up your against your chest. And then you lean forward if it's for you. And then you step back if it's not. I don't know if that's board weird stuff or not, but. I kid you not, every time I test it, something happens. And I also kid you not, when I take the product that is, says it's good for me, it's like it does what it's supposed to do. 
I remember doing with like olive leaf extract and a couple other things and my body like physically rejected it. Kid you not. Sure. And I took it anyway. And guess what happened? I got sick. So is this a placebo effect? I don't know. I don't know. The more research I do into faith healing and some of these tricks that the charismatic movement and the church do, I mean, there is a placebo effect with some of this stuff. There is a, I forgot what they call it, but it's essentially, it's all like adrenaline. And then you're in the energy of the room and you can get caught up in it and it can sweep you away. And then you have these experiences. But also, I also, I'm pretty confident that people have some very organic experiences. I gave my life to the Lord, wrote a book because of what God showed me to do. And I know it was God because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to write the devil inside me. I didn't want to basically put a spotlight, not basically, I did, took a spotlight on my shadow world and showed everything that I had done in the past, all the things that normal people would keep secrets. I told on myself. I also talked about how I found Jesus, gave my life to the Lord. And I've talked about that experience in a lot of my other broadcasts, but the details are in the book. After writing that book and making the movie, The Devil Inside Me, I don't know what I was expecting, but in my heart, I believed that I was going to get to speak at the church and give my testimony. It's interesting that the one group of people I've wanted to fit in with the most in my life were the church people. I don't even know why, because I'm who have been a degenerate and an outcast and that's been so naughty. I've been a naughty boy and uh, evil. I was evil before God got hold of me. But after that book and then starting to pitch the book to churches all over the country, all over the world. And and then also even volunteering to serve at all of these churches and give away our, our broadcast network and all these things and all the rejection and never made sense to me. And I was so upset and I was so hurt because I think that most of the trauma that I've experienced have, has not most, that's probably not accurate. But a lot of the trauma that I carried with me for longer that I wasn't able to heal or took longer to heal was from the church. And that's because it kept happening. And like, I was doing everything I could to fit in, to volunteer, to serve, to tithe, tithing and all of that. And maybe I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm not sure. And I promise we're going to talk about NeoThink because you're going to, you're going to, you want to hear this. But eventually I just said, screw it. I'm just going to go cover, like create my own path with God. I'm going to co-create with God and create my own path and did that with my wife. But anyway, so after separating myself from the church in the church community, that was one thing. And I started to get a lot of revelations and reading when I was reading the Bible and a lot of the revelations were challenging the Bible so that when I would go, or I would get like, God would show me something and say, or like, for instance, draw the garden of Eden is in your brain. What? And then I would go research and then I would find all of these videos and all like these the tons and tons of research and videos and articles and books about the case. I'm like, well, really? And you start reading it and you see the evidence it's presented and it's, why is no one telling me this? Because this changes everything. It doesn't affect my relationship with God. If anything, it makes it closer and more personal, more intimate because God's inside of me. 
it already says that Jesus is inside of me, Christ lives inside of me. If it already says that, then how unlikely is it that God would be inside of me too? And then, of course, I've talked about this and beat it over the head at this point. I really don't want to talk about it anymore, but even the sexuality thing and the word homosexual and the history behind the word and when it was put in the Bible and why, and I've done episodes on that and gone into the details, don't need to do it now. And then fast forward a little bit more time. I'm watching on YouTube, preachers fight with each other, call each other out, Paul Washer. The, I forgot that big giant man, he, giant African man. He can preach though. Yeah, Lee. But he's also says the Bible is the literal word of God. And I don't, I'm not here to make enemies with people at all. If anything, I'm just really tired of seeing people fight and get hurt and people using what they think is right to hurt other people. I was doing that to people. I was doing that to people, but at the same time, I think seeing people march outside of abortion clinics, and even though I don't agree with abortion, doesn't give me the right to lash out at anyone else because of it, march out and make them feel shame. And what are we trying to hide when we do things like that? I, I shared very publicly what my opinions are about the BLM movement and Antifa. And it really is just, look who's funding it. And where did the money go? Am I trying to start a fight? I love black people. I love them, especially Africans, like real Africans. I had some of the most amazing people I've ever met. Of course, I, I draw into people that are different than me. It's like, Freaking white people, too many white people everywhere. Anyway, just kidding. I love white people too, but I'm like, I love other cultures. Growing up in Oklahoma, there's no, it just was, it just was different. So moving to Hawaii and moving to Florida, moving to California and then Vegas, Mexico, and like just, and now even in Minnesota, being around native people again. I love native people too, but so here's my point. I've also been immersed around other religions, other faiths, other belief systems, and I can walk in the middle of all of it. And I love Jesus and I love God and this is who I am, but I accept you as you are. I learned about prayer and dedication to prayer from a Muslim woman. An, elder, an elderly Muslim woman from Afghanistan that took me in when I was homeless. Like, the thought of her going to hell makes me vomit. Like, I just can't even wrap my head around because she's faithfully serving her God, which is the same God we, Christians worship. Now, the whole Jesus thing gets different, but, like, the love of God, our creator, and Wait, so you love God, but you don't acknowledge Jesus being savior. So now you're going to hell. It's weird to me. I know what it says in the Bible, but I also know what it used to say in the Bible about other things that now it says something different. So is it possible that some of this stuff is not right? Is it possible that some of these stories are fictional or made up or man created this and wrote? history in a different way. And that's what we've been taught. I, I don't know. I do know the history of the way meeting with Constantine and how all that happened when the Catholic church first formed. I know all about that. And that gives me even more reason to question how the Bible was put together and why. I know the stories that people tell, but they leave key parts out. There were certain people that had more influence to get certain things in. And I promise you, a loving God, a sovereign God, a God of, that loves all of his children and his creation, I don't believe that God created us to be, well, to be, hold on, 
He created us to be independent, individual, and free. He created us to, to live and operate and use our gifts freely to be a blessing to others. He created us to share using our gifts to bless each other, because if we're using our gifts to bless each other, we don't have time to be assholes to each other. And then if we are focused on serving our fellow man, we don't have time to be selfish either. And if we're all operating in our gifting, then we're not going to be evil douchebags. We're not going to hurt each other. We're going to love and we're going to be honest and be clear and straightforward. But we don't have that. Going back to what I was saying about preachers and watching them fight, the ones that are saying it's a little word of God are pointing out the Joel Osteens of the world and the T.D. Jakes and other people. But here's the thing. If you're pointing out they don't know theology and then claiming that you do, but then you're standing on that by saying the little Bible's a little word of God, you got a problem because it's not. So you're a liar. You're lying. When something's been modified and changed and there's, con and there's commentary, it's not the literal word of God. So then you go to it's inspired by God. Well, then if it's inspired by God, that means there could be error. Like being obedient to the government when the government's forcing you to do things or at least pressuring you to do things because you didn't really have to do what they said. Now, there's consequences for that, but did anyone really make you? I don't know. Look, I'm detached from all of that because I don't, I'm not obedient to this government or any government except God's. So over the years also, I got into kingdom, a kingdom lifestyle. Kingdom lifestyle is a lot different than what you're taught at church. Living the kingdom life is normally focused on Jesus. And so Dr. Miles Monroe, who is an incredible teacher, incredible, he probably I don't know his personal life, but that dude was awesome. And I've learned a ton from him. In fact, a lot of my early broadcasts were focused on kingdom related thing, issues. But then I broke away from that and went a different direction and then started doing more interviews and everything. So anyway, fast forward, getting now segueing into this book slowly. So <laughs> I got... When I first started broadcasting this way, away from the foundation and the network, and even though we're still broadcasting there too, my focus went away from to focus on launching media company in the box and the other services that I offer, the membership, the consulting membership, which is super affordable, but prices are going up in January actually, because yeah, it's time. Like the introductory price is over. And uh, so... Oh, I have to love it when I side tell a story and then I lose where I'm at. Oh, Neo think. Oh, kingdom. So I started really focusing on, because I was doing kingdom wrong, because I, there were certain things that I wasn't doing in the kingdom relationship or that kingdom dynamic. And I was just serving and serving and trusting that God would provide. And God did provide everything we needed. It was like just enough to get by and things got tricky. We weren't really partnering with God. And so I dove back into kingdom to really learn it. Was on a couple apps, taking a couple courses and like I got re-immersed in it. And then one of the big groups of people that we do business with, where I should do business, we do media, we provide media services for these kingdom businesses and really getting into their teaching. So from multiple different teachers, I'm hearing about kingdom simultaneously. I'd been learning a lot more about the occult and before you freak out and go witchcraft, no, like you should look up the actual meaning of the word, just hidden information, not wildly available to the public. Yeah. There's some evil occult stuff, but it's not all bad either. Hermetic principles, 
things like that. Of course, a lot of people are going to have opinions about that, but all of these teachings were out before the Bible existed. But the more I started diving into that, I wish I had my phone with me. I would tell you the name of this other app, the Kabillion, I think it's called the Kabbalion. And then reading that. And as I'm reading this stuff, I'm like, God, this sounds a lot like kingdom. Sounds a lot like kingdom. So kingdom of heaven. Okay. It's the Jesus in the Bible is very clear about the kingdom of heaven, not just being inside of us, but being everywhere. And then if you read the gospel of Thomas, it says, if you believe, what was it? If you believe that the kingdom of heaven is in the air, then the birds will precede you. If you believe it's below, then the fish will precede you. So it's essentially saying the kingdom of heaven is within and everywhere else. Other religions talk about this too in a different way. Okay. So there's synergy there with all the other religions. In fact, a lot of the, what's in the Bible, especially Genesis is in other Bibles or other holy religious text going back way before the Bible was even written. Book of Enoch, one Enoch specifically is like a full version of Genesis. <laughs> no one ever, does anyone ever think it's interesting that Lilith is in Lilith is talked about vaguely once or twice in the Bible that we have. And Enoch is also mentioned, but not much else. When, why would Enoch be taken to heaven and not much else be said about him? You know what? Dude seems pretty important to not talk about him. He must have had a lot to say that was super, really important. No wonder they don't want us reading in that Bible. Because it may have answers to what's going on today. And it does. If you read one Enoch, it belongs in the Bible. So does the Gospel of Thomas. A lot of people say it's not an anointed work and blah, blah, blah. There's a reason for everything. But I got to tell you something. Your reasons that you're giving, because I've watched a lot of your YouTube videos and read your scholarly articles, the reasons you're giving are basically pointing to something that somebody else said, somebody else's research, somebody else's. And then you got to ask yourself who funded that research, because I can find just as much research to contradict what you're saying. So my point is this. There's a lot of inconsistencies. There's a lot more to it. Do I think the Bible is a worthless book? No. I think the Bible is still the most amazing book. Should you read other books? Yeah, I do. I do think you should read other books because it makes the Bible make a lot more sense too. And it helps you read it through a different lens because I'm not convinced that the way that we are taught to read the Bible. And I know some people say, well, you get a pen and paper and you read slowly, you read out loud, you're reading with the Holy Spirit, you've asked for revelation. Okay. Yeah, that works hundred percent. You know what else works? If you do that with any other book, any other book, you ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. He's the Holy Spirit's going to do it. Try it, try it. In the same way, in the broadcast yesterday, we were talking with my wife. I figured, I told, I said it in the broadcast, like I told God about, okay, God, like I'm done wrestling with myself about my sexuality and this part of me, like I'm just going to accept it. And then you can, because I begged you to take it away and it's still here. If anything has gotten worse, <laughs> or when I say worse, like I've gotten more comfortable with it and, but I'm asking you to take it away because I only want to please you, but yet then I get more comfortable with it. So what's going on? So God, here's the deal. Cause I know you're not the God of confusion at all. You're very straightforward and you speak very clearly when you speak and there's no confusion at all. So what I'm going to do, God, I'm going to just, this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm just going to accept me as it is. And in, and in fact, and since I should be honest with you, I'm going to pray that you bring me the right guy. 
that to fit in the situation, they, for me to get to know, to be friends with whatever, like I, and just laid it all out. God, I want to please you. You come first before anything else. But my wife and I are on the same page. We love each other. We're supportive of each other. And this is what I want. This is what I want. And, but I trust your plan with this. So I, here's the thing going by what the church says, shouldn't have done that. But if you can't be honest with God, who can you be honest with? So you might as well just tell him that you want to sin. Went out the other night. Prayed before we went out. Okay. Let us have a good time. Let us have some fun. Let us like step on the line, but not go too far. We did. And that's what happened. Okay. Now Neo thing. My goodness. Okay. So kingdom. So now I want to go into super puzzle. So this summer I was reading Neo thing. And I saw this called the prime law and I read it and I like, you know what? If, and when I run for the office of the world's mayor, this is what I'm running on. So it was in this book and I put it away this summer. There are some things in here in this book that challenged my belief system. And now looking back at it, it's interesting that I was directed where in the Bible to look, to back up what this said that had ruffled my feathers. I just saw it through different eyes. Does it make it right? I don't know. And I'm not even going to tell you what this said. Read the book. It's work. So it's called the prime law. So this morning, just going through my normal quiet time, read my Bible, listened to the Bible like I normally do, right? And then I was walking and then this book just started screaming at me and picked me back up. Pick it up. The very first thing I see is the prime law. So wrote down the prime law on this sheet of paper because that was the word that I'm going to broadcast. So all of that 20 minutes of me talking or however much time it was to get to this, the prime law. And those of you who know about kingdom, this is going to sound familiar. Those of you who do not listen anyway, because this has real life implications. This speaks to me. It gives me more questions, but it speaks to me. And I can pretty much tell you that this is what I would run for office. This is the law that I would govern. Here are four important points to help us understand prime law. Oh, so there's a lot more here. So I'm going to make sure to link this article. Understanding the prime law. It's up to us as individuals to make the effort to personally integrate with the prime law in order to live in accordance with reality. The whole reason the TVP is introducing the prime law in the first place is for it to govern us. Flaw-filled man, not the other way around. There is no interpret. There is no interpreting the prime law. There's a lot of interpretation of the Bible, and I think that is one of the ways that it was weaponized against people. Is an interpretation, especially when they keep changing words and taking out books and adding sentences and taking them away. We are not governing or managing the prime law. The prime law is to govern us, and we are morally obligated to integrate with it. The prime law is a universal law. It has existed as long as the consciousness itself has existed. It is the way of the complete free market capitalism where people on their own accordance freely interact with one another as sovereign individuals. This is kingdom. This is kingdom. Oh, I got chills. 
Oh, I got chills all over me. I love this. Yeah. See, those are those Holy Spirit goosebumps. And just because I'm questioning the Bible doesn't mean I don't have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Not at all. If anything, I am more certain and more powerful in my, in my faith and my relationship with God has never been closer. And whew, I love this. This is kingdom. This is how this was, this is how the world was supposed to operate. When we are in our gifting, when we are operating as strong, independent people, the body, playing our parts, fulfilling our roles that we were born to be in. You don't need to be studied in the profession of law and lit litigation to fundamentally understand the prime law. The prime law is not up for debate or interpretation. That would just be the same old political rhetoric that we hear. I'm sorry. Got to blow this up. My God, grandpa eyes. Okay. The prime law is axiomatic. It needs no interpretation. It is what it is. Well, we either we abide by it or don't. Initiatory force means initiating the, an action towards someone else that is harmful, dishonest, or wrong. When someone or group initiates force, then it is morally justified to use force back in order to defend oneself. This use of force is not initiatory. It is using force to defend life. Do unto others as they would do unto your, as they would do unto you. There's no turning your cheek here. Also, it is important to know the difference between harmful, dishonest, and wrong actions that are imposed upon another individual and those that are imposed upon oneself. We may disagree with harmful actions in general. However, ultimately, no one has the right to force another individual to stop harming themselves. Got to govern your own body. So that would... Is this an argument for legalizing drugs? Considering that the U.S. government's the biggest cartel in the world, I don't know why they'll just legalize it, because then they can just tax people. It'd be more straightforward. And then people would get cleaner and safer drugs. They're probably going to that anyway, by the way. If you think about, there's a lot of cocaine in the news, and they're, deri they're, they're deriving cocaine out of tobacco leaf now. There's all of the different cannabis laws and mushrooms, and they're going to decriminalize cocaine eventually, especially with all this fentanyl crap that's going on. What happened to drug dealers having integrity? Come on. Anyway, like I, it's going to happen. And at this point, I just go for it. Go for it. I like, I think they should legalize all drugs and let people make their own choice, but at the same time, let people have safe access. I'm also not somebody that really cares about borders and having a country like I personally want the whole world to be a playground and I want everyone to have a chance to succeed. I want everyone to be able to live the life that God created them to live and to be, that's what I want. I don't want people getting beat up because they choose to love somebody of the same sex or they don't believe in monogamy or they, even if they decide that they want to go abuse drugs, that's their choice. And yeah, it sucks to watch somebody hurt themselves, but you know what? Stepping in, I don't know. I, I, that's a tough call. I don't know, like looking back at it, cause I lived a pretty rough and reckless life. I, be, before I gave my life to the Lord and I had people tried to step in, but that just made things worse. Really? I had to get there on my own. Like I had to decide to turn my life around. Like I had to make the decision because I had to commit to doing the work. No one's going to do the work for me. And the only reason why I'm living the life that I get to live now is because I do the work. I'm not a junkie anymore. And I haven't been. 
do I want to do drugs sometimes? Yes, of course I do. Because drugs are fun until they're not, but drugs are fun. And I'd be a lying jerk if I said they weren't. Sex is fun. But there can be consequences to it. Consequences to probably eating too much salad. Consequences to too much alcohol, too much donuts, too, too many oranges, too much borax. Understanding the prime law means knowing ourselves completely. You know what? When the teacher, wait, is it when the student is ready, the teacher will show up? I'm telling you. I'm like, I've experienced so much supernatural synergy lately. There's something else going on. There's some bigger game going on. I've been scratching the, the scratching the surface of it. I'm getting closer. Let me start over. Understanding the prime law means knowing ourselves completely and knowing exactly where we stand in any given situation. That means we cannot just assume that others see things the way we do. Ta-da! And because of that, a huge amount of self-responsibility is needed in order to protect ourselves from force or fraudulent situations. Woo! Oftentimes in interactions where dishonesty is involved, we can only cut our losses, step back, and introspect on how and why we ultimately put ourselves in that situation. Many times we are hurt and feel the urge to get even or make someone feel the hurt we do. Guilty. Working on it, gotten much better, but you know what? I'm still a fighter and I'm working on that. I'm working on remaining neutral. Mom, you will be very proud of me because I'm excitable. I'm like a three-year-old like on Christmas. <laughs> Presents. But I'm like that with life. And it's not a bad thing always, but because I'm an optimist and I'm hopeful, you don't come out of the gutter that I came out of unless if you have hope <laughs> and you're stubborn about it. I have stubborn hope. I just believe so strongly in what God created me to do that no matter how bad I get in trouble or how many setbacks or failures, it's not enough to stop me. Because I know that God created me for a special reason. And you know what? It would benefit you for you to understand the same thing about yourself. You wouldn't be alive right now, today, in this moment, going into a global snowstorm or whatever the heck that bomb cyclone is. But like, you wouldn't be alive right now. If God didn't have a purpose for you and a reason for you, a specific reason, not just a fluff reason, not just because you can go through the motions and just be another employee and just be another this or that. No, you've got, God's got a huge purpose for you. And that is not a religious thing. That is just straight up. Your creator says so. That's what your dreams and visions are about. Okay. The pro, oh wait, oh wow. The urge to get even or to have revenge is fine as long as it's just an urge. However, if it is acted upon with some kind of force, then the prime law is broken. And even though there are ample opportunities for us to be infringed upon, even when we are simply minding our own business, the value of self responsibility is still paramount. We must define what prime law is. That is use of our own minds and make the conscious effort to figure out what the prime law means. We must identify the illusions in our thinking, eliminate the ultralistic concepts that we've all been conditioned with. We have been conditioned more than a shampoo manufacturer. Or wait, that didn't make it. I ruined that. Never mind. <sighs> okay. We must pay close attention to the words and phrases we use because sometimes we intend to control or to subjugate those who are listening. This is a microcosm of initiatory force and needs to be weeded out of our minds. Actions like these are the physical movements of defining the prime law. My wife is onto something. 
she's been talking about this in her own, she's got her own relationship with God and she's been talking about all of this stuff. That's what God has been showing her. We must each individually put forth the effort to find out what the prime law is fundamentally and irreducibly. After all, we are the ones taking it to the masses. We are sovereign individuals. No one has divine right over another. That freaking is, does this mean that even marriage? Because in the Bible, the way it structures the family, that would speak differently. And I know there's going to be some people. I, look, I've seen that text alone about women not being preachers and then women like not speaking in church. And I've heard justifications for it. I've heard arguments for it. I've heard, yeah, we just ignore that. Okay. Okay. That's the word of God. We're just going to ignore that part. That didn't make sense. That didn't make sense. And I'm not saying that the roles of the family are wrong. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't really know if they are or not. I've seen it and been a part of it a lot of different ways. I just can't see God saying women need to be silent at all because my wife look sometimes we get into it but she, i want her to speak she hears from god in a completely different way than i do and the way she hears from god is a way i need to hear it and i don't want her taking a back seat to me to stand by my side like we're a team in every respect, but I don't have divine right over her. I don't believe, I never believe that. I don't own her body. Even as the head of the house, I don't even, there's no power struggle. We work together as a team, all of us. Anyway, controlling people like that is simply neo cheating. No one has divine right over another. No one has the right to initiate any force to impose their will of change onto another. Controlling people like that is simply neo-cheating. However, controlling people without using mysticism, that is, influencing them through value, such as what Mark Hamilton is doing with us in the essence of free trade and the prime law. And, oh, this is about the book. How about that? Oh, there's a whole thing about Neothink. Should have seen this. Sorry. I was so excited when I found the article. I didn't even see the stuff on the side. Okay. So here's four important points to help understand the prime law. This is, this will be short. The prime law can only exist in a completely free market society. Therefore, the prime law can be enlisted to create that free society where business-like interactions between people are based only on value exchange. Prime law is kingdom law, and it makes sense. It makes sense. Prime is, some people would argue that prime meat is not the cream of the crop, but just go with it for now. Prime meat is perfect. And no, I didn't just do the devil sign. Gosh, dang it, hands. Anyway, the okay symbol. The people that go, Ooh. yeah, like even six, six, six used to be a good number. Like it was a good number. It wasn't always looked at as a bad number. And yet the Bible now it's Mark of the Beast. It's confusing. Even the swastika sign was like a good luck peace sign. And then it got just messed up too. It's just crazy. Okay. In the instance where two people are exchanging equal value, there are still individuals and each have a different level of overall personal value to society. The only context in which one person is more value than the other 
is by comparing the amount of value each individual has created independently. Sounds like social credit scoring, actually, <laughs> which is a little terrible. Is that what? That sounds like social credit scoring, but I also agree with this. I like value for value, but a common altruistic philosophy during the value exchange is that the person who has created less value should be sacrificed to the other. This is false doctrine. Only equal value exchange is the rational basis of free enterprise. That's why some people, have you ever, there's a test. It's like they start with a paperclip and you trade up. There was a guy, could be butchering the story, forgive me. But the guy took a paperclip and traded it up and like for a car. Not all in one. It was like hundreds of exchanges, but exchanging value for value. So this wallet, you can perceive its value, right? Because you can assume what's on the credit cards and the debit cards and then the wallet itself. But just say that credit cards weren't in there and then I had this wallet with nothing in it. And I've got somebody that says, hey, like they've got this wallet and, and like, I don't really need that wallet, but I need a pen. Well, on the surface value, this is not an even exchange. However, if somebody needs the pen and somebody needs or wants the wallet, and they see that as an even trade, it's an even trade. So now you've made that trade. And then you find somebody else that perceives this value to be greater than what they have or equal. Trade again, trade again. You can work your way up. But that's up to you to decide. And that's part of conversation. That's part of putting your cards on the table and being honest. This is the value. Or this is what it offers. Is there the same value to you? Oh, yes, yes, perfect. We operate that way with our foundation. Like we'll exchange, like exchange services with people. I do it in my private business. If no contract is enlisted and one party decides to stop trading values with another, then the value exchange is simply lost. The value exchange is simply gone, ultimately, to the net loss of all humanity. Without contractual agreement, no individual is obligated to continue trading value with another. It's simply a personal choice. So the group of businesses that I work with, I have the most amazing group of people I work with. We're all individual organizations. We all come together for different projects. Sometimes it's multiple groups, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's 20s, whatever. There is no contracts. I don't have a contract, but I'm paid on time for the value. It's not even really pay. I mean, it, sometimes it is, sometimes it's a service, sometimes whatever, but it's always even. There's no contracts. And if you decide you don't want to be a part of it anymore, you leave. You, you're no longer exchanging value. Free trade of value, no tax. Of course, we are social beings. We deprive happiness by interacting and putting values in society. Do I want to read all that? No, I won't go into all. But oh, wait, I do want to read this. The prime law guarantees these conditions by utilizing the proper use of courts, jails, and prisons. And as the TVP grows and gains more legitimate control, the term proper use of courts, jails, and prisons will keep evolving until one day we no longer need any of them. Until then, however, the prime law will force courts and law enforcement agencies to use full context honestly in their actions, finally giving everyone a fair shake in regards to people who break the law. With the prime law, initiatory force is rejected by everyone. 
it means that the concept of no initiatory force, initiatory force, is enforced by everyone. Embrace the prime law, embody it, and communicate it to others, and it will be here sooner than we think. Wow, there's a lot here. And I'm so happy I found this website because the prime law, this subject as a whole, is interesting to me. It don't do not tread on me comes to mind. I'm not a pacifist. I'm I I'm not like I'm not even against guns. I'm not even I'm not against I'm just against hurting innocent people. And if somebody's not a jerk to me, I'm not gonna be a jerk to them. And really I try not to be a jerk even when someone's a jerk back. I try to love everyone that I can or be loving. And I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have all the answers. And there's more to this prime law, but those are the foundational pieces of it. We are all individuals, but somehow we've been tricked into wanting to follow her and the crowd. And in doing that, we lose ourselves. I even think about friendships and like how people enter into friendships and the friends that are living a lie with each other. That's can be a good friendship. What kind of friend is that? That you can't be honest? I think that There's always, there's levels to truth. And it's really easy when you just be honest and tell the truth. You can be honest based off your perception, but that doesn't make it true. My beliefs and my opinions may not resonate. And I'm okay with that. Most of the people I'm closest to believe differently. Even now. I honestly feel like my wife and I are on like no person's land because we started just thinking for ourselves and with us and God. I'm not taking other people's opinions about what they feel is right for me, unless if I ask. But I don't ask for feedback for many. I definitely won't ask it from somebody that's not aligned or is not on the same path that I am. I was going to say something yesterday and I forgot. Because like Jessica, when she broadcasts with me, she says stuff and it's just like, it gives me 85 ideas. Even when we're just talking regularly. It's just, or I love talking to her because it's just like it's stimulation of ideas. But she brought up, she was like, well, like, I don't, what if Jesus wasn't even really real, but he was put in the Bible as an example of how we're to live. There's people in Jerusalem that say that Jesus never existed. And I don't know that. I researched it and I can't say there's just as much evidence to prove he isn't real, but I will say that the evidence that proves Jesus was a real person that walked this earth, that did the miracles that he's, that claimed to, that are in the Bible that says he did, like... That information's not as solid as some people say. And I often wonder if this is why some churches and preachers, when you start asking questions, go just, it's faith. You got to have faith. That's the reason for it. I have faith. I had faith that my drugs weren't going to kill me. Actually, sometimes I wish they would have killed me, but 
but I, my faith in God and my faith in Lord and the faith in everything and what I'm, what we're building and the path that we're on, and it takes faith, it takes faith to have, it takes faith for people to worship or to be a part of a different religion. It takes faith no matter what. So just say and have faith, that ain't good enough. And the authors of the Bible, they, people are like, the Gospels were written by Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. No, they weren't. That's not who wrote those books. You can't say who named them because there's no official author. And then you're like, there's Paul and all the books Paul wrote. You should look at the timeline. And do you know how eyewitness accounts work? Do you know how many false people, like false eyewitness accounts or people miss? remembering or having false memories, like that happens a lot. And you're talking about hundreds of years from, and they, it wasn't like they couldn't write back then. So there's some sketchy stuff. Also, the image of Jesus that has been used. Like you get into the history of that, you trace it back to the Pope who loved hookers and drugs and like prostitutes, I already said hookers, decided that he wanted his son, that Jesus was depicted off of a picture of his son. So that's why we had white Jesus. The Catholic Church, Catholicism is a pagan religion. It changed. So I don't know what's real. I, yeah, I cried out to Jesus. I did. I cried out to God. And those of you who know my story about how take my life, it's no longer my own. It's yours. And I had this crazy experience of the Holy Spirit. So I can't deny any of that. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a lot of questions. And I think there's a lot more to what's going on than we're told. There's people that think that Christ isn't inside of us and it's clear as day in the Bible. Even the beloved Paul says that Christ is inside of us. I don't want to lead anyone astray in my opening remarks and what I was saying. Like, I owe God everything. And this is not lip service. I'm not trying to be a preacher here. I'm not trying to be anything other than who I was created to be and living life the way that I feel led. And my heart's good and I'm happy and I've got the fruit to show it. And, and I have God's favor and I have the fruit to show that. And I have a crap ton of questions. Because I know how much we've been lied to, and the world is about to find out just how bad they've been lied to about a lot of different issues. So why wouldn't they lie about religion too? Why? Why would they make God sound so external when he's everywhere? Why wouldn't he be a part of us if he's made in our, or we are made in his image? Why? There's more going on. But I like this prime law. Just here, don't care. Oh, by the way, so I'm done now. But behind me, you can see. I'm over here, camera. Hey, Joe. Those posters I found at the thrift store, eight dollars a piece. They're real, they're authentic. From that was as nineteen seventy-seven. They're real, and I mean like real. Got it for eight bucks a piece. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. 
and all those other pagan holidays. Jesus was not born December 25th. This was a pagan holiday, but you know what? This is the best Christmas I've ever had in my life since I was a little kid. Because I set the intention at the beginning of the month when we were facing eviction and we were facing all these other things that were going on because we were only serving and yet like it's provided for in a huge way. And God is, God is amazing. God is amazing. Here's the thing. I'm not denouncing faith, not denouncing religion. If anything, my faith has gotten bigger and I wasn't religious anyway. Didn't call myself a Christian. Call myself a follower of Christ. And technically, I still am a follower of Christ. I don't even care if Jesus was real or not. That's really the truth. I don't care. Yeah, I cried out to him when I was in, facing prison and I was in isolation. And yeah, I prayed to Jesus. And yeah, I, like, I'm, yeah, I'm doing all that. But here's the thing I know that by following Jesus' teachings, I'm going to be on the path that I belong on. And if I live that way, I know that everything's going to be okay. And, but also you got to read all of what Jesus said, not just part of it. And Jesus said a lot more than what's just in the gospels. In fact, they even tampered with the gospels too. And so Jesus said a lot more in that, that the verse about moving the mountain Read it, go read the gospel of Thomas and you'll find the missing text of what belongs in that passage. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. God bless you.